how she get it. Made a couple racks, I never asked how she get it. City girls gotta have fun in the city. 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 Good morning. Welcome to Connect with Christina, episode 5. And I have a very special guest, Dr. Ledesma. Uh, Doc, I know you and I've been uh, priv- I've been honored to have a chance to, to get to know you, what, like uh, over a year now? I think so. Yeah, and it's I funny because so. people expect me to know you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I wore a special shirt for you, if you noticed. I appreciate it, yeah. So there's a lot to talk about today. This is an amazing doctor, an amazing person, but I'll let him introduce himself again and tell you a little bit about his practice. So, Christina, it, it, first of all, it's a pleasure and an honor to actually be here and, and do the podcast with you. Um, yeah, so I think we've known each other for about a year, and um, as as you could, uh, as people may or may not know, what our national flag is, you're wearing it so very proudly <laughs> nice with your proud. jacket. <laughs> Hello, Pacquiao. Um, yeah, <laughs> hi, Manny. <laughs> um, and actually had the pleasure of just off tangent I had to go see his fight in Vegas when he fought Thurman. Oh my um, gosh! Hung out with the trainer. He was super cool. Um, yeah, that was, was pretty neat. So being born in the Philippines, um, it's definitely always nice to reconnect with people from there. Uh, even though I was, you know, I was only six months old and I've only been back a few times. It's uh, it's still there. Right. You know, it's still in my heart and my parents and uh, it, it's a great culture and I and hoping to get back to it at some point. You know, we started a, a medical business there that I'm cultivating. It's not quite, you know, in full swing yet just because of all the craziness with the virus, but um, I'm really excited and looking forward to Oh, I can't wait to hear about that. that. But yeah. question, <laughs> did you wear a flag shirt like this to the fight? Uh, a bandana? Sadly, no. I, okay. I didn't have, I had a belt buckle. <laughs> <laughs> so a belt buckle with my our country flag on it. Um which I picked up at another is a golf tournament that. Uh, Wait, that was I, now I want to know about this medical thing you're developing okay. in the Philippines really fast. <laughs> so about three years ago now, I was approached by an interesting group of medical-related uh, businessmen from California, from LA. Uh, it turns out they were developing a project where they were looking to purchase and distribute uh, biological medical. Um, allographs or uh, implants. Okay. So the company they chose to work with is actually located here in Phoenix in Scottsdale. Um, I happened already been I had been using the product uh, quite extensively for you know, close to a decade now, and uh, the rep that was dealing with this group of particular individuals uh, was a good friend of mine, uh, former PGA pro and. He just thought it was funny that this group of businessmen from California, their only focus when they got to the meeting with this medical company was what time is our tea time? Because <laughs> they love golf. So my buddy tells me, he's like, yeah, it's this group of Filipino guys from L.A. that want to that want to buy our product and sell wow. in California and then eventually the Philippines. And I said, oh, I'd love to meet them. And so it was just kind of an opportunity that just landed in my lap and I got to meet them and super great guys. Uh, They all kind of live in the home health world over in LA. Sure. And uh, they said, Doc, he said, would you be our medical director? It's like, we need a physician to be able to help consult with us and help us develop lines of business and connect with other doctors. And you've been using it. 
I said, absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to. So started from there and, um, you know, we, we launched a, an office. So we actually opened our office in Makati, uh, downtown, I know where that downtown is. Manila. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably, I think it was at the end of 2018 and, um, unfortunately, well, sorry, 2019. And unfortunately, then last year, everything kind of, of shut course. down. So we had just gotten it started, had product delivered, which was a huge challenge with customs um, and getting it through the, the right channels right. and through the government. Right. So as it stands, we're the only certified uh, medical business allowed to import biologics of that nature into the country. That is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, you were talking about how it fell on your lap. Right. And while maybe that's true, I think that's your good karma. <laughs> so this doctor is known for being a nice guy. And when I, you know, I've, I always hear people say that. Oh, Dr. Ledesma, it'll be followed with, isn't he so nice? <laughs> so uh, I think that's your good karma. So congrats yeah. on that. Thank but you. here in Phoenix in the Valley, what uh, can you share, you know, your practice? Um, I know it's Ledesma mm -hmm. foot and ankle, correct? Correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm by trade, a specialty, I'm a foot and ankle surgeon. And um, we came to the Valley, my family and I uh, had been living in the East Coast. So we, my wife and I, who is also a podiatrist, uh, we met in medical school. Oh my gosh. Uh, down in Miami. And um, she was originally from New England, and it just so happened we both were attracted to uh, postgraduate trainings in New England. So I was in Boston, she was in Hartford. And uh, we got engaged before we graduated medical school. So wait, how old were you guys? Oh, how uh, old were you guys then when, uh, when you got engaged? When we got engaged? Yes. Um, without divulging too much info, <laughs> late twenties. <20s. laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but anyway, we we both ended up finishing our residencies up in New England. And uh, originally, I'm, I, I grew up in South Georgia when my father, um, who was also a physician at the time was recruited to be the small town doc in a little town in South Georgia. And um, <clears throat> we had plans to go back there after finishing training. And we had something lined up, and it just fell through last minute. And so we ended up staying in New England in Massachusetts uh, after I finished my residency. And we stayed there for about five years, and we had um, uh, two kids, so for two very beautiful children. And uh, my, mother, my mother was still in Georgia, and, but my wife's mother was here in Arizona with her dad, and she just got very homesick and sure. wanted to be closer to family. And um, hopefully, as, as most good men would agree with me, you do what the wife wants, right? <laughs> so happy wife, happy life. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> so anyway, you know, we ended up here in Arizona because they had moved out to Arizona back in the 80s with her siblings who had gone to college out here. And... Um, so we relocated back in 2000, early or late of 2009, sorry. And, uh, you know, we start, I started in practice with a couple different people, got the feel out of the area where I wanted to be, and have now been in uh, the Scottsdale, North Phoenix area for the past 10 years. Wow. Yeah. So how do you like Arizona? <laughs> well, uh, compared to where I was immediately living in New England, I'm much happier here. Uh, growing up in the sun, being in the heat, didn't really bother me. Uh, wasn't a huge fan of the humidity back home in Georgia. Um, so I, it was a nice change. It was a really nice change. Uh, my wife was happy being next to mom and her family. And we made, a, we made it work. 
So, so we'll go back to what was it? Happy what? Happy wife, happy life. There you go. Take notes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious too, Doc. So yeah. who's the Filipino? Mom or dad? Both. Both? So both are from uh, Manila. Okay. Yeah. But they speak Tagalog. They do. They do. Yes. And none of their five children do. <laughs> wow. So there's this, it's fun when um, people ask about how, how come it's the Philippines, but we're Filipinos, and then right. our, one of our languages is Tagalog, and right. they, it just doesn't, you know, so it's always like this 30-minute conversation. <laughs> but, so, I want to know if, uh, you're, do you have brothers and sisters too? I do. Yeah, I have one brother and three sisters. And you're the middle? I'm the last. You're the baby. I, I was the afterthought. Oh, my. <laughs> so are they also doctors like you? Uh, so we have uh, mostly medical. Okay. Um, the oldest is my sister. Well, my oldest sister, who is the oldest. Uh, she's a pediatrician. Uh, the next one in line is another sister. She's a pharmacist, PharmD, so a doctorate of pharmacy. The uh, next oldest in third sister is she's the black sheep quite honestly i think she has probably the best job and career <laughs> out of all of us she uh, works for a software company uh, but she manages their events so she's an, uh, an official certified event manager right so basically she gets to scout out all the nice incentive trip places where wow. they the company takes so their employees her. oh my gosh right okay um i've been on a few of those trips with her and pretty amazing stuff <laughs> so but she travels a lot but works from home so her and her husband actually both work from home and then my brother uh who is immediately uh the next one in line from from me the next oldest he is a physical therapist so any they're all based in georgia so all my siblings and immediate family are there do they ever visit you here Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not as often as I'd like, but we try to make an effort uh, at least once a year, if not, you know, more than that, to try and go out and visit. Well, when they come out here, they can go see all our restaurants. Right, right. right. What, what is it? Nanai's? Nanai's. Uh, at my place, Cafe, and Halo right. Halo Kitchen. Right. And then there's also the Casa Filipina over on this side of town. or I, north. I've Phoenix. never tried that. I yeah, want to yeah. try that. What yeah. is it called? Casa Filipina. Okay. It's a bakery and restaurant. So. I'm going to have to go there and t yeah. tell them Dr. Ledesma sent me. <laughs> right. um, there's so many questions in my mind, and I know we have limited time, so I have to ask. There's there's a reason, like, why you are the way you are. We yeah. all have stories where we, you know. So, I mean, I want to know, like, what, what does motivate you? Why are you so nice? <laughs> well, you know, I think a lot of it, uh, I can't take all the credit. Me personally, I think a lot of it is culturally in our nature, to be nice. I, I honestly, I, I don't meet too many Filipinos that aren't nice. Uh, so I think true. a lot of it's kind of bred into our culture and the way we were brought up and our parents. Um, but you know, honestly, it was really just going through as a child and the childhood I had and going through college and educationally, uh, a lot of my influences come from my family. You know, my, my parents, um, and my father has already passed away, unfortunately, but you know, my mother and my sisters and the way we were brought up to to be as human beings, uh, respectful to others, um, you know, all of it stems from there, right? And, you know, over the years, I just, I realized that, you know, there's a lot of cliche sayings, and you, you know, you get more, you know, get more bees with honey as opposed to 
um, anything sour or salty. And I just, it's never really, uh, it's never been a challenge to be nice. Uh, sometimes, you know, I have to bite my tongue and hold back <laughs> opinions and things like That's that. That's a superpower. But yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, definitely there's times when I wish I wasn't so nice, but <laughs> it's just hard, you know. Right. I'm not a huge person for conflict, and I just like I know, getting the best. I your son Ben is like, my dad is very calm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just with um, John John Anderson. Yeah. And the first thing he said, oh, you know Kuya Del- or you know uh, Ledesma? He's a nice guy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we were at yeah. Uh, yeah. my place cafe. Right. right. So right. I'm a little sensitive whenever we're at that place, just yeah. because that's where I last had dinner and saw my mom like two days before. So, but you know, I I feel like it's healing too when I go, but then I have to eat like a whole fiesta. (laughs) I mean, I send you the pictures and then Dr. Compton's like, tell her that it's not part of her diet. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, I would, you know, I, I guess I can only assume that you've, just like all of us have faced maybe some challenges. Yeah. Um, you know, without going into what that is, I mean, for yeah. the people that are listening. Sure. You know, how do you handle conflict resolution or how do you handle bad times in your life? Yeah. Well, um, and I'll take, you know, in a certain context, I can, I can explain or, or I can describe it based on what actually has happened with me. You know, I, and I, I came from, excellent background in regards to training and, and education and getting here. Um, I almost had to start from scratch. You know, it was really, we made a decision to move to Arizona, not based on opportunity uh, based out of desire and to be close to family. family. Right. Um, and you know, I didn't come, we didn't come out with the best of scenarios, um, coming out here setup wise for career and, and business. Um, uh, but I, made a promise to my wife that will make it work, right? And um, we hit some really tough times a couple of years into it. Thought I had landed a great position with this um, excellent practice, sure. and it was a lot of surgical consults and procedures. And then it kind of just fell apart. There was a lot of internal problems with the company. And the at the end of the day, I ended up with no practice, um, basically no office or setup, to continue to see patients, yet I had had several years of building some reputation sure. in the area. Uh, so it was me, my laptop, and a borrowed office from an orthopedic friend of mine. Wow. And that was it. So that was almost 10 years ago. That is amazing. And, uh, you know, the only way I can explain how I got through that was um, my experiences up to that point kind of led me to make that decision. Do I do it on my own? Or do I go back to what I know I can do is work for somebody else? And my wife and I, it was a hard decision. And she said, you know what? You're going to regret it if you never try. Right. So, you know, that was what it was all about. It was, okay, we have to kind of try to see if, if it fails, then at least we know we tried. Right. And I was never envisioning opening up my own office and practice and running and dealing with everything myself. Right. Um, but we did it. And... A lot of prayers. <laughs> so, um, you know, those that know us well, you know, we, we tend to really put things in God's hand, right. you know, uh, without getting too religious. It's, it's really something that at the core, we kind of always fall back on that. Right. And, you know, I think with that and the support of others, um, being nice helped, 
you know, right. all the all the relationships I developed You're doing the right thing over the years. Correct. And and I leaned on it. You know, I, I don't like asking favors and I don't like, you know, relying on others. But at that point, it was really out of the generosity of friends of mine that I was able to survive. Right. And, um, you know, through the adversity, through all the challenges, um, I kept that motto of treating people well with respect and making the best of any situation. Right. And, and ultimately taking care of patients the way I would want, you know, to take, have them taken care of if it was my family, if I was taken care of. Right. Um, and I still, that's, that's my motto at my office now is taking care of patients the way I would like to be treated. Um, that's huge, Doc. Yeah. I mean, look at you now. Yeah. You know, in fact, you're embarking on other stuff too. Right. You know, mm. and you're welcome to share that if you want. Yeah, no. So through the years, um, after developing what I knew, which was uh, podiatry, foot and ankle surgery, uh, I started developing certain tendencies in my office and practice that dealt with all different types of uh, patient types of injuries, uh, in particular, uh, work injuries, industrial injury. I developed quite a bit of reputation in that regards. Um, and then even when I had started my office, uh, which wasn't as prevalent back then, but is more now, which was personal injury, helping people and, and patients of mine that get hurt in a car accident or a slip and fall. And it was something that I, I, I did, not necessarily because I was looking for it. It just walked into the office. I got contacted by a couple of attorneys said, hey, will you treat this patient? And it's like, yeah. It's like, okay, well, will you do it on a lean? It's like, sure, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> right. I had no idea what sure, the lean that? was. Sure, what's that? It's like, well, I, I'll help the patient. Yeah, sure, I, I'll do that. Because uh, I had nothing else. I didn't right. have any patients. It's sure. like, well, I need whatever I can get in here. Because I know at some point, even if I, I don't get necessarily reimbursed what I expect, I'm building my reputation. Right. You know, if I can get to the community, get to people out there, and they start talking, and, and I treat them well. Um, and to this day, I still get referrals from patients that I've treated five, six, seven, eight years ago. I still have patients that I've treated for that long in my office that come, keep coming back. And you just did. So. You just helped Vanessa Ramirez. <laughs> Shout yeah. out, Vanessa. Right. So, but, um, you know, and I think now that I'm – developed this kind of niche in my practice and it's it, it's I admit it's a little bit odd or different from most uh, surgeons that are like me and are trained uh, the way I am um, I encourage it I encourage taking care of patients with you know under the personal injury uh, scenario or industrial injury and it does take a little bit of knowledge and experience to know how to do it properly and well uh, so that you don't get taken advantage of and uh, and most recently I was asked by a particular surgical-based personal injury group or medical group called Valley Surgical Resources uh, to consult, to basically come on as a consultant to help them understand the physician side of things. And um, it was really really something that I just naturally said, well, you want me to do what I normally do, but you want me to talk to other doctors on how I do it, and that helps you. Okay, I can do that. Right. <laughs> uh, and in keeping in mind, you know, we're, we're trying the company itself, which is the, way, the reason I connected with them. And I had known the gentleman that started it for several years prior to the company starting. Uh, I had followed his career as well, and he kept in touch. And, at, you know, at their core, they, they want to take care of patients well, right? Provide the best quality surgeons and physicians for 
that particular type of patient, um, which unfortunately in our industry isn't always the case. You know, sure. um, we want to protect the patient's interest, and that's getting them better from a medical perspective. Right. So if we can provide that and provide a higher quality level of service with the right kinds of doctors, board certified surgeons, um, then you know, count me in. That's that's the whole reason right. I said okay that yeah. I would do consulting with them. Well, that's awesome. So. I mean, you're gonna you're already busy. Now you're gonna get busier. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine that there's you know other doctors out there that maybe is um, going through what you went through yeah. ten years ago. And like yeah. I said, look at you now. Yeah. You know, what would you tell them other than not giving up? Because you're an example of that. If they're at that crossroad, <clears throat> right? You know, and I think. Doctors, and I have lots of uh, doctors in training, students, medical students, and even some physicians that come through town that just, I I guess I have that reputation of being a nice guy, right? (laughs) So they're like, hey, what do you think about this opportunity, that opportunity? And honestly, the the most I tell people is, well, first, you got to understand what what do you want to do with your career? You know, what are you good at? What do you want to do? If you don't understand that and you're just doing what you were taught, then that's not going to be enough. You're never going to be happy. So understanding what it is about you that you like about your job, what you do as a career, as a doctor, um, first identify that. And then really make those connections. You know, one of the ways that I think I became more successful over the years was because I I didn't have this closed-minded uh, process in my head about how to do a matter how to run or uh, grow huge. a medical practice right? right I did it very unconventionally I spend very little money or ha- I continue to not spend a lot of money on marketing and the reason was because I felt well what's the best way to market is to show and really explain or 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 uh, actions you know actions are are much more powerful than words. Right. Treat the patients well. Take advantage of that. You know, treat the patient well, and then, hey, if you're like what I did for you, why don't you tell your primary care to right. send me more patients? And I, I kid you not, that's probably one of the ways I built my office was on... And it's in, the best way to build yeah, the office. Yeah, internal marketing is, right. was what it came down to. And I did a lot of other things, too. I would go to any business meeting I could, non-medical even. You know, I... I uh, I have to give a shout out to uh, Business Networking International, BNI. I was a BNI member for probably a good seven years. Oh, wow. I started a BNI. I barely gr- heard about them. This I year. started a, a business uh, chapter, uh, okay. one of their network groups. Um, it is the largest business networking organization in the world. Wow. They have chapters all over the world. Okay. Uh, Nate Dominguez, great guy. His father was one of the first um, founding members of BNI with Ivan Meisner. And this all started out of California and L.A., uh, realtor. and. I and heard that the, the special thing about BNI is that they, because of the chapters, they don't yeah. allow um, the same, right? right? Am I They're exclusive that? business networking groups. So you have one business per chapter. Got it. Uh, now, you could have two insurance guys if one did personal you know, property insurance and the other did health insurance. Right. Uh, but when it came to specific businesses, you can only have one. You got one plumber, one chiropractor, <laughs> one dentist. Yeah. One. I mean, I thought that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm like, well, so excellent. if I join one, 
then I'll be the only legal plug. Right. <laughs> That's my newest label. Right, right. And it's <laughs> and it's interesting. I really fell into that. You know, that was another thing I fell into. I walked into a meeting room with 50 people. I had Good no karma. clue who they were. And they did real estate. They did, you know, just oddball things. Marketing, branding, um, printers. Nothing I had ever experienced before. You, you talk to anyone that runs a medical practice, that's not who they market to, or traditionally at least. Right. Um, I ask any of my colleagues that are coming through trying to learn medical practice, oh, how do you grow a practice? I was like, who do you go market to? I right. always ask this question. And the first answer is, well, you go market to the primary care doctors, right? They're the ones that are going to refer you to patients. It's like, yeah, you could. Um, it took me about five or six years of practicing on my own to finally go out and actually talk to primary cares. Because I was so busy with everybody else, talking to chiropractors, talking to lawyers, talking to, um, heck, plumbers, HVAC guys. Or you're the next door neighbor that has, you know, that's how it works. And and I personally take a lot from that experience, and I learned how to connect with people. Because in theory, anyone you meet is actually a potential patient. You know, you, you really... Now I, I run into people that, you know, I wear my scrubs. So most of the time I'm out in the stores. I've gotten patients from Costco, my haircut place in the last, <laughs> you know, week alone. Um, and it, it just never stops. I'm laughing because I love that. Because <laughs> I believe that. Having yeah. an open mind yeah. and not being stuck in a little island because, right. you know, you're a doctor and you can only associate with that. And that's, no, it is anyone you come in contact with if you understand right. Right. that, there's value in that, you know, like organically. And, and, you know, I think, uh, one of the reasons I think that particular organization for businesses is very successful because it it relies on, uh, trust, right? It's word of mouth referral, not cold calls, not random, throw your name out there on a billboard and hope you get some work. It's, Hey, I know a guy, I have a guy. Angie's List and all those kind of like research uh, tools that people find, oh, this has been rated by a bunch of people, but it's even warmer than that because you have a personal interaction with that other business person. And then, you know, a plumber has one of their workers go, hey, I need a foot doctor. Do you know? Oh, yeah, I know a guy. I right. have a guy. I've, I used to refer out probably more business than anyone because I'd always talk to my patients. How you doing, Mrs. Jones? Oh, we took a trip in our water pipe bursts and now our whole house is flooded i'm just oh, i'm dealing with it right now oh do you need hvac do you need uh restoration and <laughs> cleaning guy that. i have all those right I, really <laughs> well let's add uh, so. rainforest plumbing and air there you to go your okay list. <laughs> <laughs> happy to <laughs> <laughs> so i i'm uh, i'm gonna go back to the scrubs i rarely see you in scrubs i think i've maybe worn <laughs> seen you wearing it like couple times okay. and, I, and then I, you're so humble and i forget i'm like yeah. oh yeah i forgot you're a surgeon <laughs> you know and then uh, i don't know if you remember uh, we were having lunch with sheree mm-hmm. do you say her last name wicker or i don't yeah, wicker is it yeah. wicker um she and she looks adorable in scrubs and yeah. she's always like oh my god i'm in scrubs and i love that you look <laughs> cute in scrubs anyway i told her that i too had scrubs but yeah. i only use it when I'm eating all you can eat crabs and <laughs> talking stick. And, you know, so, yeah. and one time I did that, um, a friend, a friend saw me and like, I knew, I knew it. I knew you were a nurse. Cause you know, you're Filipino. I'm like, no, I'm here to eat crabs. So, um, there's no way I can let you leave without 
talking to us a little bit about um, some foot and ankle care. Oddly enough, actually, the shoes you chose are actually fairly sensible. Outside of the height that you have from the ground, (laughs) uh, which makes it a little more dangerous. I can't anything without them. True. You know, vertically challenged people, I get it. So, um, but... Ultimately, you know, I think with foot and ankle issues, going back to the, the kind of niche of, because uh, I could talk all day about traditional stuff, you know, like heel pain and nail issues or bunions and But how like bad are Gucci flip-flops for you? Uh, you know, depending on how often you use them, okay. not so bad. You know, anything in moderation, right? Old Town Scottsdale, are you listening? <laughs> and quite personally, that's why I'm in business. That's why I stay in business. Chinelas. I have to have, like, job security, right? <laughs> <laughs> so wear all the sandals and, and high heels you want. Um, no, so, but ultimately, um, you know, one of the things that I think as part of the, the, the niche that I've built into my office, and, and a lot of it has to do with injuries, right? So either industrial or uh, personal injury type care. Um, there are some common things that I think uh, get under underdiagnosed or missed or, or kind of blown off by the physicians that are treating everything else around the patient's injuries. And yet a lot of people do complain about foot pain, ankle pain, even in car accidents. You know, car accidents are... Yeah, I want to get no, into that. Yeah, they're notorious for foot and ankle issues and even in minor low, uh, low speed, low impact type collisions. Um, what people don't realize is that... You know, one of the first things that you engage when you are about to hit another vehicle, um, besides the hands gripping the the steering wheel, you're going to push your feet and jam your feet into the pedals or the floorboard of the car as hard as you can to brace. And that bracing action is really where things start to, to go wrong in the foot and ankle. And I see a lot of that. And it doesn't necessarily have to produce problems on an x-ray or an MRI or, you know, an ultrasound. But there are clinical things that happen, uh, physiological things that can happen to the ankle. I hope people are listening to this because yeah. that's huge. And, and, and I get it all the time. And, and whenever I talk to attorneys that are specialized in personal injury and they talk about, well, what do you see? What kinds of injuries do you treat when someone's, you know, when you are taking care of a personal injury case? It's like um, a lot of ankle compression injuries, uh, soft tissue uh, of a minor scale that doesn't always register on diagnostic tests, right? But patients complain of pain when they're walking, when they're moving, and there's very simple things that I can do to confirm the diagnosis and actually to even treat it, and it just goes underlooked. Scar tissue, you know, that's one of the big things that happens internally after the compression injury of bracing your feet on the floorboard. Uh, it's probably one of the most common things that I treat. Um, if the fractures and other injuries, contusions, uh, those are pretty straightforward. Those are obvious, right? But it's a lot of the unobvious things that happen. So I often say this in the podcast. If even just one person can hear this, yeah. I mean, it, it will help. Because right. I think, again, people are resilient by nature, but not knowing this could hurt them later. Right. And you see it happen all the time. Oh, it's right. like, I'm fine, I'm fine, and you're not. So I guess if you're in a car accident, personal injury, you suggest that they definitely pay attention to that. Absolutely, absolutely. And and a lot of times it's the lack of confirmation because it didn't show up in the x-ray. It didn't it show, didn't up, show on up on the, in MRI. the MRI. But they're complaining of pain and it's consistent and it's it doesn't change. It's the same location. You know, you have to kind of take that into account uh, when they're being treated with the initial physician whether it's chiropractic or MDs or DOs, 
Um, it's really something oftentimes gets missed initially and the ones that I can hopefully educate and get to, they understand, okay, let's send it to foot and ankle specialty just to have them checked out at least. Right. Um, or and peace of mind too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think my takeaway from that, just hearing from you is this, even if it's not on the MRI or the x-ray, yeah. that doesn't mean you're not hurt, especially if you're already having signs. Correct. Correct. So guys, I can't believe it's almost time or it is time. Justice <laughs> looking at me. Um, it's been an honor, yep. Dr. Ledesma. Please remember this amazing doctor and person for all your ankle and foot needs. If you want to wear these Fendi sandals, <laughs> you better have them on lock. And for some fun stuff, you have uh, one of our sponsors has a present for you. Oh, so okay. please uh, open the bag. Okay. I hope it fits because uh, for full transparency, that beautiful thing is supposed to go to... Uh, um, Triumph, and uh, I can never say his last name. Oh. Cur- is it Curio? Nice. How do you say his name? Triumph, Curio, Curio. Oh, I think that's right. Uh, he's gonna hate Curio. me for this. Anyway, that's a medium, and Perfect. only real men wear pink. That's right. So thank you, Superstition Glam Squad, for our <laughs> present and uh, being our sponsor today, and thank you for being here at Connect with Christina, aka the Cloud Guy. Bye.